Thanks for listening to Boundary Talk. We aim to bring you a roundup of the latest cricket action in less than 10 minutes, and all before your morning commute. Before the time stops ticking, let's get going. Okay, Caleb, the timer has been set. Welcome back to Boundary Talk, and the third test of the Ashes series has kicked off, and England have made a pretty positive start, uh, especially with the ball today bowling Australia out in the first innings for 263 before being put into bat and managing 68 for three wickets lost in 19 overs. All in day one. It's been an action-packed day one. Caleb, I'll go straight to you. What kind of difference has Mark Wood made to this England bowling attack? Well, I've said it before and a lot of people have said it before. There's no substitute for real pace. Um, no matter how you try and you try and push your, your Toyota Yaris, it's not going to compete on the Formula One circuit if people are moving at speeds that Lewis Hamilton can move at. That's what we see from Mark Wood. And his brilliance just makes another end a bit difficult to bat because you're now forced to try and score off guys like Stuart Broad, who aren't as brilliant, but that creates chances for them because it's building up pressure. So now the question is, if Jeff Archer was running in from the other end and Mark Wood was on the other end, we could have been talking on a different test match. So he he he's brilliant, isn't he? Um, and Chris Walks isn't slow as well. He's not quick, but he's not as slow as other bowlers who we've talked at length on this podcast. So it's a brilliant to see how England can dismiss that. That's not a small Australian betting lineup. It's it's a ridiculous lineup. If Mitch Marsh is hitting a century, guys like Labashane and Smith are also capable of doing the same. So kudos to how they bowled. Um, but I thought they also went a little bit loose. At around 140, they should have bundled Australia up for nothing more than 240. But yeah, as my coach said, catches win matches and England don't seem to know what that means. No, absolutely agree. Some terrible, terrible fielding. I mean, we saw Root put down two catches, uh, dropping. I think Root was the one who actually dropped Mitchell Marsh on 12 and Marsh obviously went on to hit 118. But Travis Head was also put down by Johnny Bairstow. Bairstow has continued to struggle from behind the stumps. For me, at this point, folks has to be coming into at least conversations in the England camp. Shall we go. also talk about Johnny Bester's fitness? He doesn't look like a guy who's playing professional sport. And I'm all here for making things clear and not body shaming or anything of that sort. But let's face it, he's playing at the highest level of test cricket. He he looks like I look at the moment. I'm not playing highest level of test cricket. He doesn't look in shape. And surely you're going to move slower. And surely you're not going to be sharper if you're not in the tip-top shape. Of course, it's coming from injury. But at this level, there are no excuses. And I think that's playing a part in his, in his wicket keeping. And surely you're right. Ben Folks must come into reckoning for test four and five. And England must win this test to keep the Ashes alive. And he's dropping sitters like that. I'm sorry. I'm, I've got no kind words for for Johnny Bairstow. He better bats well with Joe Root now at home as two Yorkies to get his name back in reckoning of being a top-class cricketer. At the moment, he's bringing the team down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he put down a, diff a difficult chance, to be fair, first off, I think against Labashain, which maybe that was a difficult catch that, fair enough, he couldn't take. But the Travis Head one was a very simple catch. He got to it. I don't absolutely. think so. We saw what Alex Kerr, the one he took late in the day, was not an easy catch that he, he, he went to his left and he took it in front of the slip. You expect wicked keepers to take that. If he's in the team for batting, let him stay as a batting. I've been trolling the numbers and wicked keepers are allowed to average 31 if they're taking catches, right? You've got wicked keepers that even average more like Mark Boucher and Adam Gilchrist, but they took those chances. But shall we talk about England's batting today? Yeah, we can talk about England's top order because it has been 
a difficult day. I mean, Harry Brooks being pushed up to three to replace the injured Ollie Pope, a decision which I'm not Ridiculous. sure. Ridiculous. Yeah, a, a, a bizarre decision for me, especially considering considering the uh, the options that England have, Dan Lawrence uh, in, the, in the reserves, in the squads. But Harry Brooks being pushed up to three and him and Ben Duckett put up very little resistance going for two and three, respectively. Zach Crawley as well offered a little bit more with the bat, some fast runs, 33, did get a very good ball from Mitch Marsh, but he is also gone. And it is all on Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow now. My granny used to say only idiots learn from their own mistakes. And what she meant was that by the time you're trying to learn from your own mistake, it's too late. I should watch what Kieran is doing and make sure I don't make the same mistakes that he's made. I don't understand what Harry Brook was doing, fishing that ball outside off stump. Like, it's it's as if they're not taught how to leave. You talk about Zach Crawley going out on a good delivery. He's a top-order batsman. Those are balls he should be able to deal with, you know? And it's it was a great ball, but Mitch Marsh is not Mark Wood. He's not, he's not Stuck, who's churning them out at high speeds. I, 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 I don't think England's top order is good enough. Like, we might as well have Joe Root opening at this stage because he does open by default in most of the tests recently anyways with how they've been batting, with the exception of a poultry half-century and the Ben Duckett century that we got lately. But also why they can't put in Dan Lawrence is he hasn't also proved himself at that level when he's come into reckoning. So there's also that hesitation. I England have an inability to leave the ball, which I don't understand. That's number one. Number two, it's a test match bat for time they've scored a 263 at this stage runs don't matter like they don't like these runs don't matter you tell yourselves we want to be betting this time tomorrow that's that's all you do i know it's basketball it's vibes but come on guys you've got a test match to win australia have given it to you they should also should have known if australia were suffering and struggling with the bat there's something in that surface when there's a little bit of pace on the ball, right? They should have seen that and they should have come up and played like smart people. Now again, Joe Root has to dig us out from the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle. I don't get it. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, especially you mentioned the inability to leave the ball. And I do, I do think that is something that Ben Duckett seriously struggles with. I mean, we saw him hit 98 and I think 83 in the last test, and they were very good knocks, but he should be pushing on from that point to 100s, 150s. He doesn't need to play at every ball. Today, again, cutting a ball which bounced very high, could have left it very comfortably and getting caught out, and it was the same the same at Lords last week. And this is a problem that goes kind of through England's lineup: the inability to leave the ball. I mean, we've seen Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow come in, two batsmen who do bat at quite a high strike rate normally, but Johnny Bairstow in particular today, one from 19. Maybe that is a sense that England realise the situation they're in and now going to play for, with a bit more time, or is that just was that just seeing out the evening? I think that's seeing out the evening, and I also they do know that if any of them go out, there's nothing that's coming. Like we only get a decent innings from Stokes once every 30 innings, don't we? So there's there's <laughs> like. Honestly, he averages 35. Mark Boucher averaged the same and he was in the team to keep the wicket. He's a great guy with good moments. He gives you great moments, but he's not a great cricket at this stage. Like his numbers don't say that, especially betting at five. And England slowly need to realize that like it's it's either do or die. And it's, if Joe Root doesn't make runs, they're in trouble. With Australia, it doesn't matter. Lubbershane hasn't fired in this entire series. Dave Warner hasn't really come to the party. Only got a century from Steve Smith. But guys like Usman Kawaja, now Mitch Mush has been kicking them out of trouble. 
That's what a test lineup needs to do. But shout out Mark Wood, bowled 11.4 overs, four maidens in that, and took five wickets off 30, 33 or 34 odd. That's what extreme pace does. I hope England learns from this. We, we don't need to see. We love him. But Jimmy Anderson is done now. And I think Stuart Broad too. Walks is actually not a bad decision. Walks is not a bad decision with Mark Wood there. And with that, with Mo and Ali there, you might you might have a chance, provided a bet like people who actually have heads on their shoulders. Robinson is, was forced off with an injury, so I'm not sure what that's looking like for his future in the Ashes. We'll see as, as the game, as the days progress, whether he'll either come out to bat or if he will bowl in the next innings. But if he doesn't, you'd imagine that he would be dropped and replaced, well, maybe not even replaced, but replaced by a batter, perhaps. Or Ben Folks, if we have. <laughs> Maybe potentially, although I think there might be something else going on with Ben Foyce because it's absolutely bizarre to me that he's not even in—he's not even in the squad when Ollie Pope goes down injured. They don't even add like, him to the squad. It's gone to a stage where I'm giving a call to Josh Butler to come and keep the wicket <laughs> at this stage. That's where we're at. Like if Ben Foyce can't be playing, I'm calling my mate Josh and I'm telling him, "Yeah, mate, just—it's IPL. You've got license to hit." And do what you can, but you know you're you're getting those because we're not getting runs anyways from the batsmen, are we? We might as well take our catches. Yeah, we will be looking tomorrow to well, from an England perspective, Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow. So if Bairstow, if he wants to keep this place inside as a wicketkeeper batsman, then he surely needs to put on a decent score tomorrow. He needs a hundred. And what do you think is England's pass score if they if they have a shot in this match? I I think they need to get a lead of a hundred at least. Um, to give them the first hundred to try and get two or three wickets because we've seen that they can get loose when they get too comfortable. Surely Australia shouldn't have gotten to a 250 today. They allowed Mitch Marsh to do that. Um, but only when Mark Wood came back for a second spell, then things got a bit tighter. That's that's where you see the weakness of their bowling, right? When Mark Wood is taking a risk, you need somebody else to keep an end and then somebody can generate pressure. That's why the greatest Australian teams could do that. Britley was as successful as how Shane Warne was because Shane Warne kept pressure on the other end and he did his job. Guys like Britley could take wickets. South Africa, the same. Unsung hero, Mone Moko, which allowed guys like Del Stain to fire up and come in and be accurate with Ben and Philander and all the rest of that and Kangiso Rabada later on at, in the later stages of those guys' career. England don't have that. They need runs on the board to give them time, give these guys a shot of getting 10 wickets, the Australian wickets they need to get. And with that said, they also don't, they need a lot of runs because we've seen their ability to collapse is as good as any other high school team I've played in. Yeah, I thought Chris Wokes bowled pretty well today. I think he's been a decent addition to the side. Yeah, I think he only bowls well because Mark Wood is bowling well. Because that creates pressure for the best. I'm not taking anything away well, from Wokes him. Wokes did get head and marsh. Yeah, but I think it's because you know you can't score. And he, the guy bowled 11.4 overs. Yeah. He bowled four maidens. So you can't score on Mark Wood. And you're forced to get run somewhere else. Then you're going to try different things. That's how that's how guys like Marsh does to get out. I You saw that delivery to Usman Kawaja. He's a quality batsman, that guy. I mean, they've been struggling and to get him out all series. And that was an absolute You were set up. You were, you were set up. If you looked at the four balls that came before the wicked one, the, the first one was a little bit back of a length. He went back of a length again to try and keep Usman Kawaja in the crease. And then he gave him a shot ball. Then he pushed that one up right in the block hole, a little bit fuller. At that speed, Kawaja didn't see that ball coming. So it, it shows it shows what thinking bowling does. And Mark Wood is not just doing vibes-based. You can even see when, when he's bowling a quick ball, 
his leg is his left leg is right straight and like that and it's it's hinging and it's creating that pace when it's a slower ball he gets a bent on the knee he's being technically sound it's what england need to win a test match they need a fast bowler if the batting can be a little bit sensible yeah we England will be relying on Mark Wood staying fit now for the rest of the series because he has struggled a lot with injuries throughout his career. But there's always it's always a different feeling when you see a bowler ripping 96 and a half mile an hour balls at you. I mean, how do you even bat against that? Yeah, it's it's difficult to face, isn't it? Even we saw the 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 great Steve Smith, the great Manas Labuschagne struggling with facing that. And 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 Smith is one of the greatest. Doesn't he have the highest test average at the moment? Um and that 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 puts him and he's played a hundred tests so he's he's consistently <laughs> good. Um, to think that he came onto the Australian scene as a as a leggy and he's become <laughs> one of the best batsmen ever is just ridiculous. So did Michael Clark. I don't know. Maybe it's a trend. Um, but yeah, I I'm hoping for a good second day test match tomorrow. Um, I hope England can put in three hundred on the board with whatever they've made today that gives them a shot in the test match and keep the Ashes alive. Yeah, anything anything above 320, I think England will be pretty happy with. But it has been a brilliant day of Test cricket, and I'm sure tomorrow will be just as good. As always, we will be back tomorrow. Thank you very much, Kelly, for joining me. Thank you for listening, and bye-bye.